Entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know. It's the TC Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know. I had an idea. <laughs> Diagnosis. I had an idea, and then uh... prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why it's funny? It wasn't. It wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not fun. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me? Yeah, I don't know that idea. That's the result you're gonna get. It's the doctor, TC Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. The laugh, doctor laugh. is now in. And a good Tuesday afternoon to you. Yes, the aftermath, the post-Super Bowl madness. The cleanup in Las Vegas begins right about now. Huh? How are we feeling? Basically, you know, 48 hours removed from Super Bowl 58. Deemed a success, no doubt about it. We will dive into that today and put a final bow and wrapping on that. Our guest list today includes our quarterback, Steve Berline. He will join us, CBS Sports, and we'll get his uh, take on the activities on the field and off the field for Super Bowl 58. Jay Cornegay will join us as the record betting handle numbers, as predicted here, came to fruition, and we will get Jay Cornegay's thoughts on that. We'll dive into that uh, today. The... uh, Super Bowl betting numbers, the winners, losers at the sportsbook, and uh, sportsbook directors feeling pretty darn good as we knew they would, not just because of the record handle, but a uh, nice little margin of victory uh, for the books uh, as well, too. Maybe not as great as in years past, but when you take that kind of handle, uh, that is pretty darn amazing. All right, so we've got that going on today, and uh, give you a little different flavor. He's been on the show with us here before. Beer Man Bruce, kind of a Las Vegas legend when it comes to slinging beers. Uh, he is going to join us. He'll be in studio with us. And uh, Beer Man Bruce uh, works uh, Raider games, VGK games. He's basically any Vegas anything, sports. Any. Or, or concerts. Or even concerts. Yeah. In, in, in events. And he got a lot of hype leading up to this because I, I saw uh, Kevin and the guys over at uh, Fox 5 do a story on him last week. So I told him going back oh, about a couple of weeks ago, I said, okay, we're going to have you on after the Super Bowl. So I'm sure he's going to limp in here because he probably put, uh, you know, 18,000 steps in on Sunday. I wonder if he records how many steps he gets every, every, that, that, I mean, that would be insane. Yeah. I'd like to know that. I, 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 he doesn't come across to me as a, a step counter type of guy. Although in the Fox thing, they did say he or he he said he has the greatest thighs in all of Las Vegas. Well, that's you know, I'm glad you think so on that. I I didn't say uh, <laughs> that's what he said it. I didn't say that. All right, so we'll get a uh, beer man's perspective of working the Super Bowl. How many beers were sold that he slung? If the voice is uh, still there, because of course uh, you know he is a guy that uh, loves yelling out beer nuts, whatever else. I'll let him do that. It's beer, water, nuts. Beer, water, nuts. Why not? Why not soda? Why water? Because he's trying to protect like the kids. Because it's, uh, it's the, the beer is for the adults. That's true. The kids get the water. That's true. And nuts are just and for I, everybody. And I, and I could see a, a water, you know, being. But you know, beer is beer. You, you don't mix and mix and match there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't see any water, you know, on the cart there. In the trough or whatever. I he, see beer. No, he always has water. 
Beer and water? Beer and water. Okay. Now, I got to ask him about that. There's no nuts in there. Some places he has nuts. <laughs> like if you go to... But maybe he's just doing, it, doing nuts. Or beers and, beer and nuts together. Is that what you're thinking? Beer and water. Maybe they make you nuts. I think, I I think he just likes to say all those three things. He does. That's what I think. That's what it's all about. All right. So we got plenty to hit on with that today, and we recap uh, the Super Bowl success. All right. So, uh, you know, the breaking news coming out today that uh, the Super Bowl in Las Vegas was a success. All right. And it was historic for many reasons. All right. It was the first Super Bowl here in Las Vegas, as we well know. It was also the longest Super Bowl game as far as time. Now, I don't know how much of that had to do with the elongated breaks that I was bitching and moaning about yesterday, how long these breaks were, uh, because it was a four-hour-plus ordeal when it was all said and done, including the halftime show that was supposed to be 29 minutes that went to like 37. You said, yeah, I was going to say, you said yeah, 37 yeah. yesterday. Now, that doesn't mean Usher performed for that. He performed for his 15, which, yeah. and I didn't time Usher. But I did time the national anthem, and I and I did tweet that out as the first wager. I've so been, did did you notice? There was that? controversy on that. Okay, because there was two Braves in that. She just she she said Brave and then did it again, and that put it over. Yeah, put it over one thirty five. That, that second Brave yeah. put it over. Yeah, yeah. But it's first word, last word completed. I know. That's it. So you have to factor that in when you're setting a time, one thirty, and we're sitting there looking at it, timed it, first word, and like, oh man, she's winding it down. It's like a minute fifteen. Yep, it's going under. It's going under. And then all of a sudden, Reba McIntyre decided to just let the brave go on and on and on and on till the break it on. Till the break it on. Do you got Reba? I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to hear the whole thing. I mean, I love our national anthem. You know that. I'm very patriotic. But, um, you know, the tail end of that because the clock is ticking. I know there were people in the press box going, oh, look at this. What, 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 127, 128, 129, over. And I'm sure there were degenerates that, that had the under and the over. It was a good pace, too. It was. Remember when we talked about this last week? I didn't think that she was going to drag it out. She had a good pace. Made sense for the under. Here we go. Oh, I should be standing right now. I want to hear Nubchuck's double brave. Yeah, double brave. Double brave that's killed al- it. That's almost that's like That's what killed it. That's almost like a DQ. Yeah. That should be a disqualification. Now, can you take that cut and let's can you rewind it? To the part where you know where I want to go because I had a, a debate with a couple of my cohorts on the show on Friday, my handicapper extraordinaires, because as you know, Scott Spritzer and Marco D'Angelo tried to tell me that they were going to, you know, hear nights, you know, in there. And I said, you're not going to hear it because it's national. Okay. This is a national worldwide audience. They're, you're not going to have. Raider fans in the building, Golden Knights fans are not going to be in the building, very, very minimum. And they thought that Reba McIntyre would be thrown off. She's not going to be thrown off because it's going to be irrelevant. So let's see if we can get to that part because 
I was there, and I didn't hear it at all, which I expected. I said, it's not going to happen. I said it, too. I said, we not weren't going to get anything. Gonna get that. You're going to get the one or two locals. You're not going to get anybody. But here. There nothing, nothing. Nothing. Thank you. Thank you. It just goes to show you how, how people get all wrapped up and they think that, oh, just because uh, an event is in Las Vegas that, you know, you're going to have that fraction of crowd. I, I mean, it does. It, it goes over. I've, I've heard it in the basketball tournaments. I've heard it in. Different. Super Bowl's totally exactly. different. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right. It, it's completely different. Yeah. You know, I've heard it everywhere. You, you're not going to get it at the Super Bowl. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get it because those people have no clue that you know, that they do that at Knights games or they would do it at any other game here in Las Vegas. Yeah, because that's any, not the audience. Any other spot, if, if, if any other thing at T-Mobile has a night in it, a hundred, a hundred percent. We see it at Mandalay Bay. Yep. We see it at, 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 at UNLV games. I mean, we'll we'll see it, and you know those fan bases don't like it. But those are just the idiotic fans that, that do it. You know, again, I'm not one for, you know, screaming during the national anthem anyway. I mean, come on, let's be patriotic. And, but I just, I knew we weren't going to do that. And, you know, those guys were saying, Oh, no, it's going to happen. There's going to be some. I'm going, ah. no, it's a different audience. So and, now you yeah. were there. I was there. Uh, was, was there oh. a single, like, was there a single one that was just, None. Night. Nobody. I, I didn't. I, I didn't hear it. I didn't. But then again, you got to remember, I was up. I was You're up. up. I was That's up high, but you know, I really don't hear it. No, you, you don't. You really don't even hear it. You hear it at Raider games a little bit. Yeah. But you know, no. I just I knew we weren't going to hear it because the, that fan base is not local. Which brings me to my next point because you guys asked me this too about oh you even said this about Raider jerseys. There was a bunch. I saw them. I, I, I saw virtually nil, virtually none in the grand scope of things with 70,000 people there. Hardly saw any Raider, Raider jerseys. I saw on TV a on couple. TV. A couple. In the stadium. In the stadium. Now, there were some people rolling around outside. There was a bunch. You know, I, there was a bunch, bunch outside. There was, I'm telling you, my friend, there wasn't a bunch. It was it was like bare minimum, hardly anything. It was nothing but red, and then yeah. you had some scattered, you know, a Giants jersey or this and that. You, you saw that people just but wear whatever they pr- yeah. predominantly. Predominantly, it was all red. It was Chiefs and Niners. Seriously, I mean, I I was looking for that. I go, where are the Raiders? Where are the Raiders? Not where I can have Raiders here today because they can't afford the tickets. Number one, for the most part, and they don't want to be there. Well, the, it's not that the Raider fans can't afford it. It's just that re- this is. A worldwide celebrity corporate audience in the dire fan bases. Okay, yeah. so each fan base gets like twenty thousand tickets. Okay, I, and this and is the, the and, most anti-Raider Super Bowl there was. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, but you know, so when each team that participates in the Super Bowl has their twenty thousand tickets, their allotment. Okay, that's to that fan base. They're not selling those. They're not doing anything with those except they're they're going, all right. And if they're selling them, they're probably going to sell them to fellow Chiefs or Niners fans. But again, it was it was red. And I even made that comment during the game. I said, "Hey, uh, we've seen this channel before, huh? We've seen where predominantly red is in the stadium when the Chiefs or the Niners uh, come to Allegiant Stadium. But yeah, not many Raider fans. Uh, the Knights thing non-existent. So." 
there you have it with that. All right. There is your Super Bowl report by uh, the oh, almighty oh, no. doctor of T.C. Martin. No, I, I, I got sidetracked. Oh, okay. I got sidetracked. I don't, I don't know how I got into that, but that happens, as we know. But historic for many reasons. First in Las Vegas, longest game in Super Bowl history. The most watched television program in history. How about this? The game averaged 123 million viewers across television and streaming platforms. Shattered last year's mark of 115 million, where Kansas City defeated the Philadelphia Eagles. That was last year. That was a seven percent increase. Now, on the CBS broadcast itself, just CBS, they averaged 120 million. So now this goes to my point: when we're talking about streaming, we're talking about all this other nonsense with Amazon Prime, this and that. Remember the numbers that we talked about with. You know, the Amazon with the playoff game with the Chiefs and the Dolphins, right? And those numbers were what they tried to claim were what, 23 million? All right. How does that compare to the 123 million overall? CBS, 120 million watched it on CBS. That, that shows you that only 3 million, only 3 million in this grand scheme of thing streamed it. So I don't want to hear about the streamings taking over and all this other nonsense. All right. Three million. That's it. Max of the 123 million. Watch it on regular TV. Hold on. No. Hold on. I'm just telling you what I got Hold here, on. my friend. From CBS and Paramount itself. Yes. Super Bowl is the most streamed Super Bowl in history, led by a record-setting audience on Paramount Plus. Well, no, I get that. So it, it, it is now the all-time. I get that, but compare it, yeah. co- comparable to what? It, you you had nothing before. Okay, this so is, yeah. So, so you had three million streamed, one hundred twenty. Was last year's even streamed? I'm, huh? trying, I'm trying to think. Was last year's even streamed? I would think so. Yeah, because we've been in that day and age for the last three, four, five years. Yeah. So, but um, the CBS broadcasts. This is interesting. Do you know what the second highest CBS broadcast? I remember CBS and Fox and you know NBC. They alternate, but um, it surpassed the 2016 game of 112 million viewers. Denver and Carolina. Denver and Carolina in 2016. That was 120 wow. million. Right, Peyton Manning. It's the only reason. Cam Newton, Peyton Manning. Yeah, that was it. But still. I mean, not a, not a real good game and, you know, not, you know, major market teams that were involved in that. But again, yeah, so it's not like CBS broadcasts it every year. It's them and Fox in once in a while, you know, they'll throw in NBC, but for the most part, it's those two networks. All right. From a betting perspective. All right. We got the word today. The Nevada betting record handle was shattered. It was broken. Uh, here are the figures, $185.5 million, $185.5. And every year we talk about this, you know, it's so 160, 165, 167. Well, eclipse the 2022 mark by $6 million. All right. If you remember that, we had $179 million going back two years ago. All right. Yeah, last year was down a little bit. But uh, yes. Uh, one eighty-five point five million. Those are the dollars that were bet on the Super Bowl in the state of Nevada. 
All right, that's legalized sports betting. We're not talking about in in the other 42 states. Okay, legalized sports betting just in Nevada, 182 sports books in the state, and the books won 6.8 million dollars. They won 4.4 on last year's Super Bowl, and uh, their average win was 13.2 mil on the four previous Super Bowls dating back to 2019 through 2022. So record handle, 185.5 million overall, eclipsed the mark by 6 million from two years ago. And uh, our good friends, uh, Jay Cornegay, uh, Chuck Esposito, our guys at those respective sports books, uh, they're happy because the books won $6.8 million on the game. Not bad for a four-hour day. Pretty good, huh? Not at all. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I know fans don't like to hear sportsbook guys, oh, we got crushed in the Super Bowl. We lost. We said this going into it that they weren't going to get crushed because you had good two-way action. So just on the VIG, on the 10% on the juice, the sportsbooks were going to to make good on that. And they probably actually needed the 49ers to really make a good killing. Because the public was all over the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked about that for two weeks. So even though the Chiefs won, they covered they covered on the money line. Book still did pretty well, you know. And, you know, the public did pretty well. The only guys that really lost money, the guys, obviously, the bet the Niners lost. But I heard there was uh, eight $1 million bets, at least $1 million bets. And they were pretty much split half and half with Niners and, uh, and Chiefs. Right there. So good day betting, great football season betting-wise uh, for the books. So uh, I believe, yes, uh, their lights will stay will stay on. No threat about that. <laughs> All right. What day is it, by the way, Numbchuck? It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. All right. So let's talk a little Super Bowl from a terrible side. I want to pose the question today. To our listeners, you could chime in if you want today via Twitter, via phone, 702-221-7283. And I'm going to ask Steve Berline this when he joins us here pretty soon. All right. Did the Chiefs win the game or did the Niners lose the game? Okay, we understand the nature of this question. Of course, the Chiefs won the game. Of course, the Niners lost the game. But if you're going to sign kudos praise or blame do you say the Chiefs won the game they deserved to win the game or did the Niners lose the game as they had control of this game and they blew it what you say what say you Mr. Numbchuck say what I was trying to find something for you're not, you're not paying attention to the I show. wasn't trying to did the Chiefs win the game if we have to give credit to one side, or did the Niners lose the game? You the, understand my question. Right? The Niners lost the game, 100%. And it's the reason that you are not going to say. It's overtime. 
That's that's could, that's one of the factors. Okay, I don't think it's the main factor. The Niners lost this game for two reasons, because of the mistakes that they made. Okay, that's that's the main the mistakes they made on the field, the fumble. Okay, fumble, muff punt, and miss PAT. Okay, those things. The Christian McCaffrey fumble cost them points. I know it was the first drive, but it cost them points. All right. The punt hits the defender in the foot. Ray Ray McLeod doesn't jump on it, tries to pick it up and run. Boom. The Chiefs scored their only touchdown in regulation after that muff punt. That's the only touchdown they scored in regulation, and it was a one-play drive. They scored on the very next play, 10-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes. There it was, and that was it. Everything else Field goal, field goal, field goal, field goal. Until you got to the overtime where the Chiefs got the touchdown in the OT, period. Yes, the Niners lost the game. We'll give all kinds of credit to the Chiefs, to Patrick Mahomes because he rallied his team. Andy Reid's a great coach. Travis Kelsey, phenomenal. Even though, for the most part, Mahomes and Kelsey were non-existent in the first half. They come out of the second half. Mahomes throws the interception. 49ers get the ball at the Chiefs' 44-yard line and get what? Zero. The same thing that they got after the Christian McCaffrey fumble. All right? The Niners cost themselves the game. The Niners lost the game. Plain and simple. All right? And they have no one to blame but themselves. Now, if you want to go and you want to talk about Kyle Shanahan's decision not to do, to kick off in the second uh, in the overtime, I can I understand that. Okay? But as we talked about yesterday, you know, you take the ball, that's what you normally do in overtime periods, and you want to try to go down and you want to put the pressure on the opponent. All right? But there is a good fraction, a good fraction of that Kyle Shanahan did not know the rules. It seems crazy, but this has never came into play before. This rule came about in the 2022 offseason. No overtime games in the playoffs last year. No overtime games in the playoffs this season, right? So it never really came up. The Chiefs are saying they talked about it and they prepped for it. They're going back to, you know, preseason. They've been, they were ready for this. The Niners players didn't even know the rules. Because probably Kyle Shanahan never addressed it. So, yeah, I'm sure Kyle Shanahan decided to take the ball because he thought, hey, we score a touchdown, we win, because that's the previous rule, and that's the way the rules are in the regular season. But, yes, when, when you look at those things, yes, the 49ers lost the game. They were in control of the game. If it wasn't for the turnovers, Niners probably win the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl madness in Las Vegas. All right. How much madness was there really? All right. So for a guy who was around the town a lot this past week, like a lot of us are, not just saying me, but, you know, broadcast on Radio Row, at the Westgate, at the game, going to a few different events. All right. We saw that Las Vegas did a fantastic job. But there's national media outside of Las Vegas that are pummeling our city for not being a good place to host a Super Bowl. We heard that nonsense years and years ago, and there are still some archaic people that still are out there stating this. All right. 
saying that there was numerous problems from crime to chaos. There's a certain columnist. I don't even want to give this guy's name because he's a ham and egger. He's a New York Post columnist, like a lot of the New York Post columnists are, that this guy wrote an article and said, Las Vegas will have, again, proven to be a rotten choice of venue for some strange reason crime has a nasty habit of visiting Sin City and that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Police files. He goes on to talk about Las Vegas Raiders, Daenerys Robinson being arrested for a DUI and he used the term the Vegas common crime time of 5.59 a.m. Okay, That's about the same time the NFL players Alvin Kamara and Chris Lehmans were arrested and charged with nearly stomping a man to death after they refused to allow him to share their elevator at a Las Vegas strip joint. Well, actually, it wasn't a strip joint. It was a nice. It was a nightclub. All right, on the strip. All right. Then, of course, there was uh, Vegas um, and the Pro Bowl, a Vegas strip joint, also where limitless NFL uh, problems with. Uh, Adam Pacman Jones and company did their worst, making it rain until gunshots paralyzed uh, a bouncer. Then, of course, he wants to go back and talk about the NBA All-Star game many, many moons ago, more than a decade ago. And then you have Marshawn Lynch arrested for suspicion of DUI when he was found at 730 in the morning, passed out in his sports car. That was years ago. Two of its tires destroyed impacting a Las Vegas curb. And, of course... He's going to get the massive shot in at Vegas, referencing the Henry Ruggs fiasco that happened at 3.40 a.m. going back a year and a half ago. But here's the thing. These are cheap shots. This is journalistic garbage because those events had nothing to do with this Super Bowl. And most of these events were years and years ago. Did we hear about anything that happened to upset this Super Bowl. Anything. Even the two ham and egg streakers were out there for a total of four and a half seconds because they got mauled and no one even, you know, said anything. Did we have any major disasters during the week of the Super Bowl? No. Were there some people arrested? Of course. But are there people arrested just about every day in the city? Okay. Uh, every weekend? Of course. What I'm trying to say is it's so easy to take shots at Las Vegas or any city for malfeasance, for their stupidity, or, you know. But bottom line is, what does this have to do with this Super Bowl? This Super Bowl literally had very little trouble. I told you, I I talked yesterday or over the weekend with people with NFL security, and they said, you know what? This, This is one of the cleanest security... Ventures and then as far as, uh, as far as timeliness and everything, the NFL did a fantastic job. Are we to say that New York City shouldn't have any events because of what happened on 9-11? No, it's ludicrous, right? All right. Or what happens in the streets in the Bronx or at Harlem after midnight? New York should not have any major sporting events, shouldn't have a Super Bowl. Come on, man. I mean it's stupid. This is ludicrous journalism. It's probably West Coast hate. It's Las Vegas hate. It's people or reporters being naive and making generalizations. Every city has crime. Every city has uh, that, that hosts big events are going to have some scammers or thieves that come to their city. All right? And scammers, thieves live in these cities. Get all that. But 
of all places, Las Vegas can handle it better than anybody. More cameras in the streets, more cameras in the venues, all right, more security, more police there. I witnessed an actual little robbery at the Super Bowl myself. I didn't talk about this yesterday. Didn't get a chance to talk to it. It was the prices, wasn't it? No, no, oh, no. Okay. There was a guy that got it was Chiefs fans, and this was like at the at the end of the game as I was leaving over after you know probably a half hour after the game was over, and a guy stole somebody's jacket, and these Chiefs fans were trying to find the guy, and they and they spotted him, and this guy was just hammered, right? And they find him, they go after him, and they, you know. Are going after him like they're going to, going to you know take the guy out. Police were there within seconds. All right, and they said whoa whoa whoa, and they got to the bottom of this. And these guys had a story that hey this guy stole our stole my jacket this and that blah blah. They had witnesses, and the police were very cool and said okay wait wait we got to find out what's going on here. And then they they looked at the guy, they looked in his pockets, found out that none of it were his belongings. It was the, the Chiefs fans who had uh, their jacket and some other items stolen. And they calmly arrested the guy and moved on. And nobody that maybe outside of, you know, 20, 30 feet away knew what was happening because it was handled very well and very professionally. But this was, this was what, what you have take place at, at any sporting event. But no. There were no bomb scares. There, there, there was nothing disastrous that, that happened here. For the most part, Vegas pulled it off. They did a fantastic job. So for national journalists who have nothing to do with the city, probably weren't even here to begin with at any point in time during the course of the Super Bowl week, you know, saying these things, bad place to have a Super Bowl, you know, Vegas, Sin City, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You know, it's, that's all marketing. But if you don't have the facts to back it up, you know, wrap it up. All right. How about some more stupidity? You want some more stupidity here? Uh, A statue of Jackie Robinson was stolen in Wichita, Kansas. McAdams Park is a home of League 42. It's a youth baseball league for about 600 children and players. There is a statue that was erected in 2021 in Wichita, Kansas of Jackie Robinson. Some idiots decided that they wanted to steal the bronze statue. They cut this up with, I don't know what what they did, how they cut it up. Chainsaws, something, who knows what. But they cut it all the way down to the ankles, only leaving the bronze replicas of Robinson's cleats behind uh, the pedestal. Surveillance cameras showed there were at least three individuals that were there that were that uh, that took the statue and uh, we know that it was taken somewhere where the other individuals were present now on january 28th police recovered a vehicle believed to be connected to this case in an apartment complex in wichita two days after that fire crews found burned remnants of the statue while responding to a trash can fire at another park about seven miles away an arrest has been made uh, a 45 year old man was arrested and charged with felony theft, value over $25,000, aggravated criminal damage to property, identity theft, and making false information. Uh, The statue was valued at $75,000. Now, the investigation has not revealed any evidence indicating that this was a hate crime, 
But uh, Wichita police are looking at this. They believe the theft was motivated by financial gain, that these idiots were there just to scrap the metal and sell it. Kind of like, you know, jacking cars and doing that, that same thing. Why are you taking a statue of Jackie Robinson? It, it just makes no sense. I mean, this is just stupidity. As and I know you, you can't explain rhyme or reason why people do stuff like that. But it, it's just downright terrible. It's atrocious. It's awful. And when you have stuff like that happen, just it's it's sickening, especially in you know, in Jackie Robinson really has nothing to do with Wichita. He really doesn't. But, you know, again, Negro Leagues, Kansas City Monarchs, okay, relatively close, that sort of thing, paying homage. And this guy made this statue, this value at $75,000. took him a long time to do this. And uh, now it's it's stolen and cut up to shreds and hawked away for some money. So just uh, a, a terrible, terrible story. All right. But we come back. Steve Berline is going to join us. We talk about what happened on the field, off the field, in Super Bowl 58. The T.C. Martin Show is back. Yes! Yes! What are you doing? It's just a halftime. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes! In the face! The doctor is now in. 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 California. Putting a final bow and wrap on Super Bowl 58 here in Las Vegas. We'll continue to talk about that today. Next hour, Jay Cornegay is going to join us. We'll uh, talk about the record betting handle there. All right. Beer man Bruce, he's going to join us. We're slinging those beers and everything at Allegiant Stadium. All right. We'll get uh, his take on that. See how good he's walking today. But uh, let's go to the quarterback uh, who was actually here in Las Vegas last week, uh, wrapping up uh, his final episode of the NFL Monday quarterback on CBS. He was hanging around the fountains there, and of course, he got some, uh, himself uh, some, some very good chicken, which I had last night, by the way. I was, I was a week late, because I couldn't meet him here last week, because I was uh, coming back from Sacktown. But the one and only Steve Berline, he joins us now as we recap Super Bowl 58. What is going on, QB? Hey, hey. What's happening, man? Man, it's good. Hey, I just, uh, I'm feeling good, man. I got, I got my, I got my chicken. Uh, took another yeah. one of my former NFL buddies there last night for the very first time. And just like you, another satisfied customer. I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just inviting everybody to, to try our chicken, well, man. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm sure. Blue Ribbon appreciates you oh, yes. uh, spread, spreading the word like this. And I know, I know how they take care of Johnny over there and the other, the gang. Mm -hmm. They do a great job. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, the word needs to continue to get out, though, for sure, because it's, it's pretty unique. Pretty cool. So, so now, did you do that on uh, a, a Sunday or was that on the Monday for you to, to, to wrap up uh, your trip? And, and did you go with just the one bucket of wings or did you indulge in two? Well, I, what I did, I, as soon as we finished the show at Bellagio, uh, you know how close it is right there. Yeah. I just walked right over. I said, I'm, I'm feeling like some chicken right now. And uh, that was Monday afternoon. Uh, the show went from 3 to 5 uh, Vegas time. So I was over there by 5.30. Beautiful. Uh, made some new friends. I was over there by myself, but wow. I, I, I couldn't care less. I was there. 
Well, you could yeah. you could take any of your uh, your NFL quarterback buddies. What's the deal with that? They, you know, they all had to go back to the hotel and get you know get primped up and uh. get changed and get. I'm like, hey, it's right here. Let's just head over right now. Uh, but you know, some of these guys. Uh, I'm joking, obviously. You know, taking a shot at yeah. Trent Green and Matt Ryan. They were on the show with me, uh, Boomer Esiason, who. As you know, uh, uh, loves taking every opportunity to talk that he possibly can. He booked as much stuff into his schedule as he possibly could. So he did not have any spare time at all. But, um, you know, they, 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 I don't think they re- it's, it's one of those things where until you take that first bite, yeah. you don't really know. You know. Someone just says, oh, yeah, it's great pizza or it's great, right. you know, whatever. Yeah, this chicken is unbelievable. Okay, yeah, whatever. I've had good chicken before. Um, so until you get them over there to have that first bite, they don't really appreciate. It. So uh, I was totally fine just heading over there by myself. I made a bunch of friends, and I sold uh, a, a, another a couple that was sitting at the bar right next to me. Uh, I even gave them my last piece of my last of my only bucket. I said, "I'm telling you." You got to try this chicken, and they I, they couldn't believe that I actually offered it to them. That was I it. said, it, it, "Here you go, try it," and it, it immediately they ordered a bucket for themselves. So, um, you know, I, I got I have absolutely no problem going over there and enjoying myself uh, by myself or with friends. I'm I'm not I have no I have no. No problems going over there by myself. And, and I do that a lot. I do that a lot myself. And when I get done, well, especially you, on the you Friday. Probably go, yeah. You probably go most places by yourself, though. Uh, yeah, but, you know, 50-50. <laughs> I know that was, a, that was a shot at me. But, then, you know, then again, you know, I mean, certain people, Steve, as you know, yeah. they, they can't hang with this lifestyle. You know, they can't, they can't yeah. hang going out all the time, you know. But uh, you're, you're right. Yeah, but no. You're, you're I took one of my good friends, and it was probably before your time. You may not uh, you know, uh, know him, remember him, but former 49er, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, and U.S. Olympian uh, James Owens, uh, Sacramento Sports Hall of Famer. He, w- he was in town, and he's been hearing me talk about the, uh, the chicken at Blue Ribbon, so he got to experience it last night, and he cracked me up because I thought that you, know, you attacked that chicken you know, in, in grand fashion. You know, he took it down to the bone. He took every piece down to the bone and we ordered, we ordered two, two buckets. So I got like my yeah. own and his own and I did what you did. I gave him my last piece. So he had six plus one and those, that, that chicken was destroyed because I mean, they, he, down to the leg, down to the wing, down to the bone, there was nothing left. He loved it. And I guarantee, I guarantee you, uh, when he realized that he was done, but that the first time he experienced, he probably was very sad. He was like, <laughs> I mean, I know I was. I was like, that's it. I got no more. That's it. We're out. <laughs> it's, that's awesome. It's, uh, it's that good. It's that good. All right. This so, segment brought anyway. to you by Steve Berline. There you go. Yeah. Uh, on, yeah. For Blue Ribbon Chicken and Cosmo Paul. That's it. I'm, I'm sending them this. That's it. They, they got to give us an endorsement deal. That's it. That's no it. doubt. They have to. That's have it. To. That's it. All right, man. So, how was uh, the the rest of your your Vegas trip? I know it was it was it was, it was kind of quick. Did you uh, get caught in any of the madness? And let me throw this at you: You've been to a lot of Super Bowls, whether it's player or as a broadcaster or just you know post player career, you know parties, whatever it is. 
How did you feel the Vegas experience was? I know you weren't here for game day, but just, you know, leading up to it compared to the other sites you've been? Well, you know, uh, first off, everybody knew it was going to be a fantastic venue. I mean, uh, any anybody that knows anything about Vegas and Super Bowls and the NFL, they, they knew it was going to be an incredible marriage. And I don't think it disappointed from what I heard. I I actually did come back. Uh, I had a, a dinner that came up, a business dinner that came up Thursday night, followed by a golf outing at Paiute on Friday morning. So I did come out, but it was literally, it wasn't even, I wasn't even there 24 hours, but you could really feel the buzz picking up uh, Thursday night. And then as I was getting out of town uh, after the golf on Friday, I was happy to be getting out because I did not want to get caught up in um, all of that, you know, chaos that was to ensue, I'm sure. But but I have zero doubt, and the people that I've talked to that were there uh, said it was just absolutely spectacular. So um, Vegas will be hosting many, many more. I'm sure they'll be in the regular rotation, you know, from now until uh, the end of time. No doubt. Steve Berline joins us, the quarterback, NFL Monday quarterback on CBS Sports Network. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, I want you to grade the quarterback performance. Now, obviously, you know, Patrick Mahomes won another Super Bowl. Number three for him. He's in some pretty elite company when you think of what he has done. All right. But we, and uh, let me throw this at you. Uh, this is an interesting stat here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, three championships, two MVPs in seven seasons. He is now in the company with Larry Bird, Bill Russell, Guy Lafleur, Stan Musial, Mickey Mantle, and Joe DiMaggio. How's that for a resume? You know, I recognize a few of those names. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nah, he, he, you know, it just continues to validate him, not that he needed it uh, at all, uh, because if his career were to end with no more Super Bowls, uh, he'd still be regarded as, you know, one of, um, you know, one of the greatest of his time, probably the greatest of, of this generation. Uh, and we all know there's still more to come. So, um, you know, barring, you know, some unforeseen setback or a decision to cut his career short, there's going to be a lot more of these conversations to be had. And, uh, um, you know, you just can't say enough about him. I really thought that the 49ers did a great job containing him in that first half. Uh, every time he tried to, extend plays and get out of the pocket. They did a really good job, Bosa and Chase Young and the rest of those, you know, Fred Warner, the rest of those 49er defensive players, they were there to minimize either either get him for a loss or or minimize the game to a very short two or three yards. And uh, they were doing a good job of plastering up with people down the field. There was no place for Mahomes to go, but, you know, shoot, lo and behold, um, uh, he came out and put on that cape in the second half and uh, started doing what he does best when he had to do it. And those last few drives were just nothing short of, of spectacular. And you recall, I did say going into the game, I thought it was going to be a great game. I think the, uh, the difference is going to be Patrick Mahomes at the end of the game, making the plays that, that he makes. I thought that was going to be the difference. And 
Um, I think a lot of people probably felt that way. It's not just me, but um, once again, uh, he, he did prove that theory, and uh, you can't say anything, but wow. I mean, he just continues to do it. Give me your assessment of Brock Purdy's performance. You know, I thought Brock played very well for for his uh, experience and um, for the expectations. Um, you know, I don't think he cost them that game at all. I think he uh, he played really well, um, especially for the first half. In the second half, whether it was the the, the play calling by Kyle Shanahan or lack of execution on the field, you know, they kind of got away from uh, what they were doing in the first half, really, first half really involving Christian McCaffrey, you know, pounding the run up in there, throwing the play action, um, trying to keep, um, you know, Kansas City on their toes and um, on their heels, I guess, more would be better. But um, it just it didn't look the same for the first part of the second half. When they got back to feeding McCaffrey there late in the game on that uh, – you know, the, the overtime drive especially, uh, you could see you know, Kansas City really having trouble. They, they, they were able to get into their second-half game plan. I really, I, we don't have time to really break it down, but, you know, Steve Spagnuolo, if you study him, the defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, every game, uh, the second half of this season and through the playoffs, he had a whole separate package Set up whether it was a package or whether it was adjustments made for the second half of the game. He came out in each of those games, um, the second half of the season and the second half of each game, and just absolutely dominated. He had a, a blitz package uh, that the other team was not able to handle. He had, uh, you know, just a, a, a tremendous feel for when to bring the pressure, when to sit back. Uh, how to be in the right coverage at the right time. And I don't think anybody scored more than uh, six or seven points in the second half of the games throughout the whole second half of the season and through the playoffs against them. So you got to give him credit. You know, Chris Jones, the defensive tackle up front, made big plays at big times. A lot of it doesn't show up in the stats. You know, getting in Brock Purdy's face on that, that pass that Debo Samuel was open for a touchdown. Um, you know, if it wasn't for Chris Jones, that would have been a touchdown. Um, so you got to give a lot of credit to the Chiefs defensively for how they played in the second half. Um, I think Brock Purdy should be proud of how he played. I don't think he missed a lot of opportunities. Um, I just don't think that there were a lot of opportunities uh, down the stretch in that game. So, um, you know, I think he, he should be very proud. The Niners very easily could have won that game if it wasn't for Patrick Mahomes. All right, so I want to ask you this question here now. I want you to think about this, all right, before you answer it, because it's going to sound like a a very basic, generic question here. But did the Kansas City Chiefs win this game, or did the 49ers lose this game? You know, I, I, I see where you're going with this. I I... I think that I think that you have to give the Chiefs credit. They won the game. I mean, sure. they did block that extra point. You can blame it on the kicker. You can do all kinds of. But the bottom line is that they did make it happen. And who knows whether that would have made a huge difference anyway? I mean, sure, the, the Chiefs only needed a score or field goal to tie it and send it to overtime. But do you think that Patrick Mahomes, if he had to score a touchdown, 
in that situation would have been phased. I mean, I'd like to see it. Just, I'd like to see fourth down it from the eight yard line or whatever. I like to I'm see with that. It. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Who knows if they would have been in that situation or not, uh, given the, the 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 stress of the game and given what was needed at the time. You know, Andy Reid knew a field goal was going to tie the game. Why risk something bad happening? Um, you know, he had the luxury of being able to sit back and not not force the issue. Um, if they had to score a touchdown, they were down four. Um, he would have had no choice. So he, he might have been more aggressive earlier in that drive. Uh, who knows? There's no, we'll never know. But all I do know is that Patrick Mahomes seems to always step up when he has to. And uh, he did it again. So I'm not going to say the Niners blew it. You know, I, I would like, I think Kyle Shanahan would have done a few things differently in the second half. And that's, that's who I feel worst about because Kyle is a good friend and, and his dad, Mike, as you know, is one of my best friends. And, um, you know, to have that game go like it did in the second half where it seemed like he got a little bit conservative or maybe Spagnuolo got uh, a little bit out in front of him as far as, you know, the game planning in the second half. And then, you know, when they had the chance to make the choice uh, in overtime, whether to get the ball first or second, I think most coaches, knowing the, the playoff and Super Bowl overtime rules, would definitely like to go second because then you, 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 you know what you have to do. And um, um, I think that backfired on him because you settle for the field goal and you force the, uh, you know, the Chiefs to, to have to go for a couple of those fourth down situations. And they, of course, converted and, and uh, the rest is history. So I asked uh, your former teammate, uh, you know, Jay Schrader had both of you guys on last week when we were at Radio Row. I asked him this yesterday. I'm going to pose the same question to you. Do you factor in, if you're Kyle Shanahan, that you've got a youngster in Brock Purdy who's never been in this type of situation before, only basically in his second year, and that if you give Patrick Mahomes that ball, that he's more likely going to go down and score. Now you're putting pressure on this young quarterback that maybe that that moment is too big for him. Because remember, too, let's factor in the defense just got off the field after 11 plays, and now you're going to put them back on the field again. And then the drive before that that they were on the field for 13 plays, you factor any of that into maybe, okay, this is why Shanahan was going to say, okay, I'd, I'd rather have Brock Purdy in this predicament because it's less pressure. Just go down, get the touchdown. Let's put pressure on Kansas City because if Kansas City goes all the way down, then who knows? Maybe Purdy folds. Well, there's no way to measure that. I mean, uh, uh, you know, your quarterback is your quarterback. And, and uh, you know, if uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to make a lot of coaches look pretty good. And so are guys like Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. And, you know, those guys uh, have, have proven themselves to be able to step up in those moments. Brock Purdy, we don't know. But the bottom line is that, um, you know, you, you game plan for what you do have and what you, what, what your talent is on the field across the board. And the great offensive coaches play to the strengths of what they have to work with. Uh, that, you know, that, that's why Kyle Shanahan is, is so highly regarded. The ways that he finds to get the ball to Debo Samuel, the way that he gets Christian McCaffrey involved in a run game and the pass game, George Kittle. You know, you talk about Ayuk and Jennings and, you know, creating those matchups. Uh, it seemed to me, and I think to a lot of people watching, 
at the second half with that lead going into the second half, he got a little bit more conservative. And that's the only knock that I would ever make on, on Kyle Shanahan, that, that maybe he got a little bit defensive uh, as opposed to coming out in the second half saying, hey, this is the Super Bowl. We're going to let it all hang out. We're going to go after these guys and, and try to put them away. Because you know in a close game, toward the end of the game, if Mahomes has the ball, you're probably going to regret, uh, you know, that you didn't have a few more points on the board. So, um, you know, I, I, it goes into his thinking probably psychologically. If you got into his mind, yeah, probably that he had Brock Purdy and he was inexperienced. But, um, you know, all coaches have to go with the quarterback, obviously, that they have, and they make decisions based on that, that skill set and, and what they feel that quarterback can handle. Do you think there is a possibility that Kyle did not know what the overtime rules were, the new overtime rules? I, I'm not going to go there. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I that's why I say, that's why I say, Pod, I'm not asking you to speak for him, but just as you're watching that and then you hear what the 49er players were saying afterwards that they never yeah. went over that, it just, it does beg the question like, okay, maybe he didn't. You know, we don't know. And I'm sure he's not going to come out and say that, you know, but yeah. it just, it just, you, you just wonder, you know, the, it, could that be a possibility? You know, I, again, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to speculate one way or the other. Yeah. Um, you know, I know, him well enough, and, and obviously uh, he learned from one of the best, and I'm sure they've, they've always taken the approach of you've got to talk through every situation, every scenario. If we get a fourth, uh, fourth and goal, you know, with a, a chance to, you know, tie it inside the two-yard line uh, to tie it with a field goal or to win it with, uh, you know, going for what are we going to do? Uh, if it's a two-point situation, what are we going to do in this situation? In regulation, are we going to play for overtime? We're going to play for the win. Um, you know, all those different scenarios are, are talked about throughout the course of the preparation. Um, you know, if you go into overtime, do we want the ball or do we not want the ball? I'm sure, I'm sure they had those conversations. And, um, you know, uh, maybe, it, you know, the, the, um, the pros and cons of taking it or, or giving it away to the opposing team on that first possession. Maybe they didn't get deep enough talking about that. I don't know, but I would be extremely surprised if it was not discussed in some, some way, shape or form, you know, going into that game. Right. All right, my man, appreciate the time as always. Great job this season on NFL Monday quarterback and great job here. Of course, Appreciate you. Get back to Vegas, man, so we can uh, chill out and have some more chicken. All right, brother. Take it easy. Thank Thank you. you. There he is. Talk to you. Bye-bye. Steve Berline, one of the best, breaking it down post-Super Bowl 58. A little Tuesday afternoon. We got more for you. All right, Jay Cornegay is going to join us as we talk the betting, the record betting handle on Las Vegas' very first Super Bowl Right here on a Tuesday afternoon. It's the enemy over there. They're not your friends. You don't go over there and shake hands, smile, hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Take the running backs to the stands, run up in the stands and slap their mama. Live. 
in the entertainment capital of the world. It's the T.C. Martin Show. It is showtime, baby. Here we go. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. Pitches it back to Wycheck. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's got something. He's got something. He's got it. He's got it. He's got it. End zone. Touchdown, Titans. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. The doctor is now in. Hour number two here on this Tuesday. Yes, some more terrible Tuesday thoughts and takes coming your way here. Thanks, Steve Berline. Join us hour number one, recapping Super Bowl 58. Uh, this hour, we'll talk about it from a betting perspective. All right. And then don't forget, uh, Friday, back at our Friday home at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world's famous Superbook as we turn the page from football. Now get into basketball and, of course, hockey. All right. Natalie Williams will join us. The fine general manager of the Las Vegas Aces. She'll be in the house Friday afternoon at the Westgate Las Vegas because Natalie Williams just pulled off a, another great offseason with the Las Vegas Aces, re-signing Candace Parker and keeping that core of the Aces together. So, uh we will visit with Natalie. She will be in the house, the former, one of the top 50 players in the WNBA when she played back in the day, U.S. Olympic gold medalist and the fine general manager of our Las Vegas Aces. Is it too early to say three-peat? I, I was saying three-peat in October, man. What are you talking about? It's, ne- it's never too early. And now you actually have some competition on this side of the, on this side of the country. I do. Seattle. You think? See, the storm have signed some What's her name? I can't. I can't pronounce it. The Natalie. Uh, the oh, what are you talking about? You haven't seen the. Uh, uh, okay, no. There's there's no competition. There's no competition. That's it. Who's the competition? Come on, man. The Aces back to back to back. The three P. Yes, I even got my good friend Jay Cornegay saying three P. Hey, I think he's printing up T-shirts at the Westgate that says Aces and three P. The Superbook. Is that right, Jay? <laughs> uh, they're on order, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Big Aces fan, Jay Cornegay. What's going on? Hey, so when you were talking about three Pete, wasn't it? Uh, what, what's his name? The, the old Lakers coach that came up with the three Pete, right? Pat Riley. Yeah. Pat Riley, that's who it was, yeah. right? Was yeah. that true? Is that because I think it was with the Heat, though, right? Or was it with the Lakers? That was uh, the Lakers, I believe. Yeah. 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 Way back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Nubchuk is talking about Neka Ogumake. There yeah. you go. See, I can't yeah. pronounce that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's, oh, yeah. She, she left LA, free agent, signed with Seattle. Seattle's got a lot of work <laughs> to do, but you know. There is. Speaking of which, Jay, I mean, do do we have the WNBA odds on the board? I'm sure we do, right? What what are the aces? We do. Yeah. We 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 do. Yes. We we have it. I I don't have it with me. I could look it up. That's well, since uh, you know, I don't have it on the top of my head. I know you don't. I, I know you don't. Let's see. I'll make the line for you. I'd say that uh, the Aces to win the 2024 WNBA championship should mm-hmm. be listed at. I'm gonna say five to two. You want me to look it up? I can look it up real yeah, quick. Yeah, hold so, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Three, three to one tops. Five, yeah, five, to, five to two. Just because you know, again, it's only a twelve-team league. You got everybody coming back. I'll go, I'll go. I'll go five to two. That's what I'm gonna say. Two and a half to, to one. Two? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, two and a half to one. Okay. 
All right. Survey says, Numbchuck, we get a drum roll here. Here we go. We're going to this oh, blindly. Please. 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 This is the esteemed vice president of the world-famous Superbook, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> who is so prepared. There he is. A double drum roll. Oh, why not a triple drum roll for the three-peat? There we go. Did we buy enough time for you? All right. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're talking about Seattle. Seattle for the third favorite. Seattle, the storm, fourteen to one. Connecticut, fourteen to one. New York, Liberty, plus two ten. And our Las Vegas Aces looking to three peat is minus a dollar ten. Minus a dollar ten. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You know, when I when I gave that, it was going like, oh, they're probably gonna gonna shortchange us a little bit. There it is. All right, that's like a pickup. Yeah, you were that's hoping a, for five to two. That's what you were hoping. I was hoping for. I thought, okay, maybe I get two to one. <laughs> there it is. You know, wow. Uh, uh, no, that's a pickup, Jay. Get even money. It's a pickup. Yeah, it's it's a little less than you know. It's less than even money. Wow. So, I mean, until someone shows it, you know, they're gonna be right right around there. I think last year I remember. And about a quarter through the season, I think I laid a dollar thirty on them. Oh no, you did. I mean, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. that was during the season. But I, I would think you know off season that sort of thing, and there might be people that you know. I mean, I think they they definitely can do it, and obviously they're the favorite to do it. But you would think you know, not that I'm trying to do your job for you because no one does it better than you, as we know we we know, my friend. But I mean, John Murray thinks he does it better than you, but that's another story, right? <laughs> but, but I would think you would want to try to you know get some more action on the aces there, saying okay, you know, let's put let's let's put two. Two and a half to one. Let's put two to one. Let's let's engage in that because who knows? An injury here or there could could uh, not that we want that to happen, but you never know, man. That's things like that. It's tough, man. It's tough to go you know, back to back to back. Or or you could get into the playoffs and maybe get to the semifinals and look at it and go, wow, we look pretty good on the aces. <laughs> That's true. It's like yeah, and I would love to be in that position at that point in the season. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend. Good deal. All right, so let's talk about the uh, Sunday action here. So uh, what was it like there at, at the Superbook? I was there uh, Saturday night seeing Cool and the gang. I uh, was hanging out a little mm. bit, and I saw, uh, again, a great, great show. Fantastic. Packed house. Had some food. Then we looked at uh, uh, hanging around, looking at the big betting board. You guys had lines of people going to to midnight, even past that. So I know what Saturday night was like. What was Sunday like? You know, paint the picture for our listeners. Well, it just, uh, it, it, we knew it was coming. It was kind of like the tsunami that was, you know, uh, on our, you know, about ready to hit us. And we got the sirens going about midweek. So this thing, it wasn't going to hit us like a ton of bricks. We knew it was coming. And especially when we got to, you know, Super Sunday. When we opened, we had a line of about, I don't know, 20 to 30 people. Um, and that was seven o'clock in the morning and we knew that was going to be a long day, but it was very constant. I thought the crowd was tremendous. I mean, before the game, during the game, and even after the game where sometimes it can get a little crazy in there after the game. But I thought, uh, you know, because the, the room was really 50, 50, I was, I was really surprised. I, I thought we were going to get a little bit more San Francisco, uh, you know, fans in there. Um, but uh, it was really 50, 50. 
and the fans were really well behaved. But the action was very steady from the the time we opened at 7 a.m. I don't think we really chewed that line down until about two minutes before kickoff. Wow. Wow. Great stuff, man. And again, no better place to watch the games than the Superbook. I mean, just I, I, I can imagine how, how great it was. Uh, there are times, Jay, when I, I will admit I wish I was uh, where you were at. Uh, there at the Superbook, instead of uh, being at the game uh, with these four-minute commercials and everything, I mean, I I was I was getting a little restless there in the, in the stadium. I was getting a little restless, man, and I didn't get a chance to see any of the commercials. So I'm, I'm relying on you to to help me out. Were the commercials any good or not? We usually do a recap, but since I couldn't see any of the commercials, I need some help here. Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, there was like a couple that stood out and. Usually when the commercials came up, I didn't get to see all of them. Mm-hmm. I know the, the, the Dunkin' Donut one was really popular. I know Uber Eats was really a, a hit as well. And I can't remember the others. But I thought they, you know, I think it was uh, maybe above average. I, I don't think it was the best. I think it was uh, better than, than most of them. But uh, I, uh, from what I'm gathering from others, you know, they were, they were pretty good. Um, not great, not horrible, but just a little above average. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll give it what it is. I mean, it's, there's a couple of big hits there with Uber Eats and Dunkin' Donuts, and after that, I think there might have been a drop-off. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to see. We need to see a Superbook spot. That's it. I mean, Superbook paid $2 million <laughs> for a 30-second spot with Jay Cornegay's yeah. face on it. That, that's what we need, you know? I think the only thing, the only way we're going to get on there is if we somehow hack like the CBS system or something. <laughs> and all of a sudden, hey, there we are. We're, it's the Superbook. Uh, oh, man, those things are so, I don't even know what they were charging him, but. Yeah, $7 million. Yeah, $7 million. It went up $2 million from last year. It was 5 last year. Every year it keeps going up and up. $7 million. I mean, that's. You know, what, 30 seconds? 30 seconds, yeah. Yeah. 30 seconds. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. But, uh, um, no, I thought it was, uh, I, I thought Vegas did a tremendous job. I, I thought the telecast was fine. We didn't have any interruptions there. So, um, very pleased with everything. I'm really happy to see that, uh, the community here in Las Vegas pulled together. You know, we got so many different components for an event like this and they all have to work together. And I thought they did a tremendous job, hired nothing but positive things. And obviously, everybody's talking about the next one that's going to be in Las Vegas. And the earliest that can be is 2028. Yeah. And I think you're, you're looking at possibly, I was talking to some people from the NFL. They were saying it could be eight years. I know a lot of people are thinking it's going to be four or five, but it's, it's probably going to be, like you said, at the earliest 2028. And uh, because you got to remember, they want to keep those other, you know, uh, warm weather cities involved. You know, of course, you've got, you know, Miami and Tampa and, uh, LA with SoFi and Arizona. But, you know, you gotta remember too, the NFL wants to get those winter sites in there with domes to be prevalent as well too, with, you know, Detroit, Minnesota and, uh, you know, Atlanta, New Orleans are in there with New Orleans would definitely be next year. So you got all of these factors. And here's one, too, that they were talking about, that Chicago is going to get one sooner than later because once they uh, construct their new stadium, which is going to be retractable roof, uh, they're going to probably you know get in there within about four or five years. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I would expect, and there's no official 
rotation, as uh, the NFL has made that perfectly clear. There's no official rotation. They go around to those uh, uh, mainstays, and as you said, Miami, Tampa, New Orleans, L.A., Arizona, and probably Atlanta. Uh, you could throw that in there. Um, but since the, what, only the next three are, have been determined so far, I think if Vegas were to leapfrog in, in front of a, you know, some of those other cities, I, I think that says a lot. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Yep. Jay Cornegay joins us, Vice President of the Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas, our gracious host on Friday afternoons. Let's talk about the betting handle. Uh, the, that were released earlier today, $185.5 million for the state of Nevada, which eclipsed the mark from 2022 by $6 million. Talk a little bit about that. We, you know, we mentioned that hey, it's, it's definitely going to eclipse it because of the matchup, the game itself, being here in Las Vegas, all of those factors. Uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts? I mean, is that number... I mean, it's kind of eye-popping. And you've been in this industry for a long, long time. $185.5 million. Wow. What do you think when you hear that number? Yeah, I, you know, I, I heard mixed reviews about that today. And, and people thought, well, I, I thought it was going to be more. But, you know, yeah, the, the record was set two years ago when we had the Rams play the Bengals. And it was $179 million plus, almost 180 We come in at 185 and a half uh, this year. Uh, you know, there were I, I, some conversations about $200 million, um, you know, heading into the weekend. Uh, but you got to look at it this way, too. We were like $32 million above last year. That's almost a little over 20% increase over last year. So I think that says a lot. I don't make too much of it. I uh, You just never know. I, I It just makes sense to me that each time we host the Super Bowl, I, I believe we should have a record. Um, so whether we, you know, it's going to be very tough next year uh, to surpass 185. Uh, I again, it's a, it's a tough call, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of level off a little bit for a couple of years, and then uh, when we host it again, I would think that we we'd be able to set another record. So I don't make too much of it. We we had a great, you know, what the operators I've talked to, everybody's really happy with their handle. The you know the disappointing part are the results. That's that's where uh, the book fell short, as almost every book, not only in Nevada but the country, really needed San Francisco. And again, uh, we're not looking for sympathy. We're not looking for tears. We're just trying to explain to everybody what happened. And uh, we had a low hold percentage here in Nevada at three point seven. Um, most of the operators I've talked to uh, were either a small winner or small loser. But it was kind of a tease because we. We thought, well, if the 49ers get that last first down in regulation and they run out the clock and kick a field goal with 20 seconds to go rather than 150, you know, they might pull off that 1916 win, right. which would have been a perfect, perfect result for the sports books here. And, you know, after looking at that and then going into overtime and having the Chiefs win, you know, it just kind of hit us in the gut a little bit because we went from one of the bigger uh, days uh, that we have on record to a break-even day. So it was like all happened within, you know, about 40 minutes there <laughs> from the, one of the best to a break-even day. So the books are, uh, uh, other than that, everything was perfect. 
So, Jay, what was your thoughts when Moody missed that extra point? I, I, I know how I was feeling and in, in, in people in the stadium and that sort of thing, but from your perspective, I mean, I would say, oh, oh this is going to come back to, to, to haunt the Niners. I mean, e- even if uh, you know Kansas City comes and gets a touchdown, then that forces the Niners to get a touchdown. How much of a swing was that for you guys with that missed extra point? Because definitely that kept it under the total as well, too. Well, I gotta be honest. My first thought was it was right then. It was sixteen to thirteen after he missed the extra point. It could right. have been seventeen thirteen. Right. So sixteen thirteen, a touchdown makes it twenty three thirteen, and I had the three three square. Oh. So <laughs> now, now we get to the nuts and bolts of it, ladies and gentlemen. That that's there it. There you go. Wow. Three. Hey, I what? was like going. I know. My wife texts me. Goes. Oh, now we just need a touchdown. You know. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. Because, uh, uh, but we were like thinking, well, that's going to come back. It always does, right? Yeah. It always comes back to the haunt the team that misses it. And you know, I I didn't get to see it live because I was busy. And all of a sudden, you know, I was like, I heard some groans. I'm like, oh no! And I go, don't tell me. Right? He's like, yep, missed it. And uh, I go, was it a bad kick or did he? Was it just a great play? Someone got their hand up there. But uh, I, I still to this. Right now, I have not seen it, but I heard it hit the lower end of somebody's arm, meaning that it was more of a line drive kick than what was needed. Jay, he never, Did you guys he, he never got it more than six feet off the ground. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was a miss kick. It was a miss kick, 100% miss kick. And, and again, uh, that's what I was afraid of with, with Moody. I just, I'm not a Moody guy, wasn't a Moody guy at Michigan. And when you get rid of Robbie Gold, a guy who was perfect, a lot of people don't remember this, but the Niners got rid of Robbie Gold because they thought, okay, well, he's one of the more expensive kickers, if that's such a thing. And well, maybe he doesn't have the range. And here's this big kid, this kid with a big leg out of Michigan. And then he was terrible. He missed like in the the preseason game here with the, with the Raiders. He he missed during the course of the regular season. Robbie Gold was twenty nine for twenty nine in the postseason in his career. Postseason in field goals, thirty nine of thirty nine for PATs in his entire career. And you know when the Niners didn't bring him back, I was saying like, okay, you know this is. You know, this, this isn't good. You need a quality kicker here and you're, you know, putting this on this rookie. At some point, it's got to come back and haunt you. And sure, he had a 53 yarder, but still, you can't miss an extra point in a Super Bowl in pristine conditions of indoors at Elysian Stadium. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I understand that there was a, you know, many conversations in the course of the year about Moody. You know, why does a contending team have a rookie? a goal kicker mm-hmm. you know why would you do that you know you have everything in place here and then you put uh you know games on the line on a rookie foot and uh especially when he started missing you know in the last quarter of the season uh then there's you know a you know bigger conversation so i understand it i don't think i don't think robert goal would have made the 53 yarder or whatever it was um you know i gotta say that i really respect robert goal because he was as, as consistent as could be, but I'm not sure if he would have made that. You know, maybe that would have benefited them too, because instead of kicking that field goal, maybe they would have gone for it. Maybe they would have played it a little differently when they had third and four, you know, with a minute 50 to go instead of, uh, you know, that was just a terrible play call against the Blitz. Right. Um, Purdy didn't, you know, they didn't have the right call played. They, you could see the Blitz was coming, 
in, you know, just minutes, or in, I think it was the last drive when the Chiefs were, uh, you know, going for the, the tying field goal or possibly the winning touchdown, they, they had third and seven, 49ers blitz, and they, they had the perfect call. They just dumped it off to the running back, and he gets an easy first down. Purdy has to throw it over, uh, you know, um, I don't know, linebackers, you know, a rush, basically throw it away because they just didn't have the call uh, for that blitz. So there was just, it was, I mean, a lot, as, as always, when these close games happen, you know, you start dissecting it, and there's always about four or five calls or plays that determine the outcome. Right. You know, we uh, talked a lot about the props leading up to this, and remember the conversation we had last week was that, okay, well, let's uh, – you know, let's hope we, maybe we get uh, you know one of these boring Super Bowls, all of we saw a couple years ago, <laughs> right? right, with the the Rams and the Patriots. And this first half kind of looked like that. I was very curious, what was it like back in your office on that side of the counter when you saw you know ten three at halftime? You saw nothing, nothing at the end of the first quarter. Well, no, it was just you know uh, shaping up to be exactly what we wanted. Yeah, and and that was a low-scoring, uneventful game. Um, and the 49ers had the lead, even though we kept looking at it and going, "Gosh, it, we feel like the 49ers should be up by 14 or 17, and they're up by seven. It doesn't feel that comfortable." And so we were certainly concerned about you know some of the things that went their way in the first half, only having a seven-point lead. But you know we still had that chance, like I said, that third and four, we were all in back there, you know, with just a little less than two minutes to go saying, this is it. If they get it, it's over, you know, and we were that close of having, you know, a, a really good payday, but, um, you know, it didn't end up that way, but that's fine. Uh, it was just they're like, wow, here it is. And, uh, it's not going to happen. So, um, but, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it was playing right into our hands until, uh, you know, we saw that overtime coming. Speaking of the props, did you end up having any liability on any specific props? Uh, a number of them, really. Uh, I get uh, overtime was the biggest one, obviously. You know, nine to one. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're betting it, eight to one, down to seven to one, six to one, five to one. Uh, one of the bigger payouts we've had in prop history, and um, the uh, uh, another one we had, uh, which <laughs> seems like we lose every year. Uh, but it's always a big payout, and that is over/under number of players to have a pass attempt mm-hmm. over under two and a half. And uh, the under is always a, a slight favorite, and everybody seems to bet over. And you know, we that went over <laughs> as uh, 49ers ran that trick play. Yeah. Um, we had a good, a couple of very positive ones as well. Mahomes winning uh, MVP was really good for us. Um, everybody's like, "Well, how's that?" Well, because he, he was a favorite at seven to five. In m- most cases, the the betting public don't like to bet something that's seven to five when there's five to one, ten to one, fourteen to one, forty to one. Uh, you know, they like to take those shots at the other players. So that was a, a very positive result. And then Kelsey not scoring a touchdown was probably our biggest prop winner uh, of the night. And everybody was betting Kelsey to to score a touchdown and. He basically did everything but that, uh, but uh, a, a prop that was very positive for us. Hmm. So, Jay, when you get that in about a player, uh, you know, players 
number of players that to throw a pass. Okay, do you like look at this like maybe moving forward, like next year? Like, okay, you know, it just takes one trick play or one injury to a to a quarterback or something like that for that thing to go over. So, do you? maybe adjust that to maybe three and a half or three, or do you try to stay away from the flat numbers and always try to make those type of props a half? Yeah, we always make them a half because we don't like refunds. Right. <laughs> it just Good puts point. more strain, okay. more strain on our tellers. And so, um, you know, one of the worst Super Bowls was when the Rams beat the Titans by seven and the line was seven. It was, everybody got refunds. We were cashing until like, all-star break, right? It was. It just felt like everybody had a refund on that uh, Super Bowl. So we, we stay away from whole numbers, but we know we have the right numbers when the sharp guys are betting under, right? They're, um, they're, they're taking under two and a half and, uh, you know, betting that. But the, as always, the public money rules during the Super Bowl and uh, the, the tickets, the amount of tickets and the amount of accumulation of small bets on the over is what did it then. So what was that percentage when it was all said and done? Because we had talked about there was that number around 65% or so of tickets on the Chiefs because the public was all over it. What was that final percentage? It was right up there as far as a ticket count. Mm-hmm. It was a close to 75% oh, wow. of tickets on the uh, Chiefs. Wow. And uh, it was really, that really, uh, it was a... Um, Oh, I'd say it was probably a two to one for most of the, the the two weeks, and then the last couple of days, we had a lot, just a surge of Kansas City uh, interest and, and support. Um, I, I would say maybe the last six hours it balanced out, but from Friday night to like Sunday noon, it felt like it was just almost every ticket was on Kansas City. Now, you were one of the few properties, I think the lone property that had San Francisco at two and a half, I think, for the majority of you know Friday and Saturday, right? And mm-hmm. then, then it finally came back down to two. What was the, the logic or the reasoning for keeping it at two and a half for so long? Well, because uh, all our big wagers uh, in the week leading up, you know, the first week after posting the line, where all the, the big plays, uh, a number of six-figure bets, and from respected players on San Francisco. And it wasn't just the, the six figures. It was the 50000 the $75,000 uh, wagers were all on San Francisco. We, so we had a huge cushion. It was nice. You know? And then once we got to the second week, you could start to see it, the turn tied a bit. Uh, the tide was turning towards uh, uh, Kansas City, and um, uh, we expected that too. And... Uh, um, you know, we adjusted down there, but uh, we had a, you know, we had a real large amount on San Francisco, and uh, which was nice to have looking back because, uh, you know, if we didn't get that money and we were just flat, let's just say, and then we got all the surge of Kansas City money the last few days, it would have been a bigger hit than it really was. Final thing for you, my friend. Uh, you know, we always talk about the large wagers, whether they're the straight bets or whatever. Uh, where, was there any uh, parlay, crazy parlays that paid out? Or, um, you know, just talk a little bit about the, the larger wagers that you had. Um, we didn't see any big parlays cashing. Um, you know, we, we had uh, the last uh, two days. Um, it really didn't have, we had maybe two 
six-figure bets over the weekend. That was it. You know, one was a little over a quarter million, and uh, that was on San Francisco. Uh, money line, I believe. And uh, most of the, the bigger plays on Kansas City were like in that $50,000 range. So that was kind of weird. All the, Like I said, all the big, big plays were on San Francisco. Uh, the biggest plays on, on uh, Kansas City were in that in mid-five-figure range. So, again, it was, it was good that we had that, the, that large support for San Francisco or else we would have been very lopsided on Kansas City. And I think that's how some of the others were, even though they still came out, uh, you know, uh, okay in the game. But you saw some of the books went down to one and a half. I mean, we, we closed that too. But uh, you saw some others uh, close at one and a half. And I think that's because of that surge of Kansas City money over the last uh, 24, 48 hours. All right. And we got the odds up already uh, for this next season, right? And the Niners, uh, the favorite, what, five to one? And then the Chiefs right behind that. And, uh, I mean, do you, do, you, do you get any initial uh, action on that, especially from either sharp players or tourists that are here in town saying, hey, I want to get a piece of this now, and I don't mind uh, you guys holding my money for 365 days? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, those that are in uh, for the Super Bowl this year definitely bet next year. And uh, one of the biggest days that we have as far as Super Bowl future bets is actually Super Bowl Sunday in the day following the Super Bowl as people are cashing out, let me bet, you know, and and uh, people are asking me, how could you make the 49ers, uh, you know, the favorite over the Chiefs? I was like, well, haven't you heard? I go, <laughs> I, I heard uh, Taylor's got her eyes on Brock. Yeah. And so she might, <laughs> this might change everything here. Um, wait, 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 wait. I heard George. I heard it was George and not Brock. I mean, there could be controversy here, right? She likes the yeah, tight end, Jay. Yeah. Don't you know? I mean, every woman likes a tight end. Yeah. Yeah. It could be Kittle, but uh, she was, uh, I heard it was Brock, but there's somebody over there, and therefore that's why San Francisco's favorite for next year. Uh, there's no truth to the rumor that Jay Cornegay played tight end at Colorado State University. All right. Uh, no, I have a spot back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I won't touch that one, okay? <laughs> My man, I appreciate uh, the time, as always. Uh, we'll look forward to uh, to seeing you on Friday. And uh, I'm going to say congratulations because, it, you know, you the volume was there, the handle was there, and I guess, you know, we, you know, say, okay, you know, books in, in the state of Nevada made only $6 million. I mean, it's it's a pretty good afternoon, pretty good days of work. Come on, man. Half a day's work. Yeah, it's, not, it's no complaints. I, I have no complaints whatsoever. I'm glad that, you know, the, my takeaway is that Vegas put on a show. Yeah. It, it went over very well. The, the reviews have been very positive across the board, uh, you know, for the entire week, the entire weekend. And of course, the game. So I'm very happy to see that uh, go with uh, and, and make it through without uh, any major, you know, hitches. Uh, uh, where I think the park, or no, the traffic was a little bit tight on Friday night and Saturday night. But uh, I think we could live with that. And uh, as far as the, the the game itself, I thought it was fantastic. It was a great game. Uh, a little back and forth. I mean, some could say, well, it was boring. You know, well, it wasn't back and forth, but as as, as far as scoring wise, but it was tight. It was pretty intense, and uh, I thought it was very interesting to see the different strategies from the coaches because you could see that. Um, and 
um, you know, the book operations, we, we uh, have no complaints there. Uh, I, you know, the handle is solid. Uh, you know, the win, we could always, you know, get a better result on that, but I'm not going to complain it about it we we've won our share and uh we look forward to next year i don't think you're getting called into the uh the office upstairs like you know cornegate what'd you do you know i <laughs> I, I mean cornegate should get a pat on the back yeah that's what you're gonna get see uh, i'll go up there and say please explain yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you, you don't want those days right <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's like uh well you know they always compare uh the overall state to results with you and you know, and we're a little bit behind. Last year, we were well above it. This year, we're probably a little behind it, but that's okay. It's, it's you know, it's one bet. You know, you take one bet uh, less or one bet more, it could swing things the other way. Mm-hmm. All right, my man. Appreciate the time as always. We'll look forward to seeing you on Friday. All right, CC. Thanks, bud. You got it, man. There he is, Jay Cornegay, one of the best, no question. Been doing this a long, long time in this city. Uh, very happy for him and the crew over there because, again, this is a Las Vegas Super Bowl, all right? And those of us who have been around here a long, long time, never thought we would see this. But now that we, we have all of these events, you know, these major events, the Super Bowl just, and I said this last week, just feel like it, it's natural. It just feels natural and uh, a lot of work on the sports book side, taking those wagers and handling all of that action. I mean, think about that. $185.5 million for the state. So there's 182 sports books. Okay. Some are very large and many, many are very, very small. And uh, the handle that the Westgate does is just tremendous. And especially on game day let alone a Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, they did a fantastic job. So job well done, uh, no complaints, no problems there, and a uh, good day. And even though the 75% of the tickets, I mean, with the amount of money that was wagered, especially the big heavy bets on the 49ers, he had some pretty good two-way action, but just it did seem like the public was definitely on the Kansas City Chiefs. And like Jay said, 75% of the tickets on the Kansas City Chiefs, they cashed. All right, we come back. We'll talk about alcohol sales at Allegiant Stadium for the Super Bowl. Now, more of your favorite personal sports physician. Doesn't sound like the usual mindless boring chit-chat. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. Is the malted liquor what gets you drunker quicker? What comes in bottles or in cans? Beer. Can't get enough of it. Beer. How we really love it beer. makes me think I'm a man. Beer. I could kiss and hug it, beer. but I'd rather chuck it. Oh uh, yes, beer. beer. I could not refuse it. Water, nuts, beer. and beer. <laughs> and beer, water, and nuts. Let's get it straight, PC. There it is, man. Beer, water, and nuts. The one and only beer man Bruce in the house, uh, fresh off of his Super Bowl Fifty Eight. I want to say appearance because. You know, this guy, he's a star. It's an appearance, and he loves, he'll tell you that he's a star. I all right. A, you're, you're a star, TC. <laughs> Justin, you too. Take some credit here. Uh, what's going on, brother? It's good to see you. Thanks for having me back on your wonderful show. Uh, I love being on your show talking. Man. Yeah. And, you know, when I saw you, was it last week or two? I said, hey, we, we're going to have you in and convene, reconvene here uh, after Super Bowl Sunday. So, I was there. You were there. We were both working, but you were working much more harder than I was working. I want to know where were you stationed at on Sunday? Section wise, where were you at? 
Uh, I'll, uh, I was stationed uh, bright and early because we have to get there many hours. So I was about the fourth or fifth person inside the stadium, uh, outside of the security people that have to get there super early. Uh, so we had to get there around 5.30 in the morning to get our credentials. So walked in there, and then uh, we stood around there till about uh, doors, which were at 11. We had our pre-shift at 10 a.m. So, you know, by then we're pretty little, but we were tired, but we were ready to go as soon as game time on showtime. For time out. So 5.30. Time out. 5.30. Right, yeah, I've got, I got three. Okay, I'm using so a quick you, one right what, now. No, okay, this, coach, this is a 30. Okay, hold on. So okay. 5.30 in the morning, you get your credential. Are you there? Did you go back home? You come back in to check in? What, give, I want to hear this 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 day here. I mean, 5.30 in the morning, you're getting credentials. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And then you're staying there? No, yeah, I'm staying there. I'm trying to get a suntan. That's crazy. No, okay. We just, no, we're, long, we're just sitting around. It's a long day. It's a very long day. Think, okay. It's a very, very long in, day. But in, in gates and doors open at, at noon, at, right? At, at 11. It was 11 11, o'clock, okay. 11 yeah, four o'clock. hours before. Okay. It's all right. I mean, it's Super Bowl, okay? Yeah. It's security. It's security. You got to follow security. Oh, yeah. 100%. It's been like that for every Super Bowl I've worked. You got to go through all security, and it's just protocol. It's like yeah. it's, we're, we're not, it's not a regular game, okay? Everybody <laughs> knows, okay? It's Super Bowl. All right. Or the big game. So 11 o'clock, you you're, you're where, where, where are they saying, Beer Man Bruce, you are uh, where? How's I that usually work? go to the southwest entry. You know, you have the big uh, main entrance, but yeah. I like to be at the side show. Yeah. Okay. You have all the other vendors trying to be the big, you know, the big, big front gate. Okay. I like the side show. I have everybody sort of meet me, my regular fans in general, but it was different this year because they weren't the regular audience. So, right. uh, but I chose where uh, some of the celebrities were going into. And I didn't know it was going to be the media entrance. So let's talk about that story. Is that okay, uh, Abs- TC? Absolutely. Okay, so. That's my entrance. Okay, Southwest. Here, here's, your, here's your point of interest. So um, uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, and if you're uh, listening from out of town, guys, uh, Fox 5 had a huge coverage of me, yeah. um, a five-minute um, segment, thanks to Kevin Bollinger and Robbie for mm-hmm. filming that. We'll talk about that probably in a few minutes, I'm, I'm assuming. Um and what would happen is, my friends, the media from around the world came through the Southwest. Okay, people from Japan, people from Europe, they rebroadcasted it that morning. Everybody from Japan thought I was a superstar. <laughs> I, I love was, it. I, so they came in like, be a bamboos, be a bamboos. We need a picture. We need an interview. Be a bamboos. I'm like, who the hell's booze? That's you. I mean, yeah. Scream beer. Yeah, the, the, what do you think I screamed? Yeah. Beer, beer, beer. So it was like nonstop. And then people from Mexico, you can speak Spanish. I'm like, sure, sure. And I said, Cinco de Ocho. And they go, no, 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 no. Because you don't say 58 in Spanish that way. And I'm like, yeah. that's the only Spanish I know. I'm like, right. I, was, I said 58 or something yeah. crazy in Spanish. Like, so I was doing interviews throughout there. And then Feinberg from Fox 5 came by. He did a right. quick little instant thing with me really quick. He was sitting next to me. He was sitting he, next to he, you. Yeah, yeah. Did he mention me? He said, no. I hate him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He kept talking about no, his I'll, cat. I'll, 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 I don't know why I'll, he keeps I'll, talking about his cat. I love yeah. his cat. Yeah, he told me. He told me his cat uh, I want, made I, a wager, a large wager. I said, I don't think the cat's going to see any of that money. Oh, yeah. Just I, yeah, but the, we 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 digress. Cat needs a beer. Go ahead. Thank okay. you. Thank you. I'm, one day I'm going to get. Feinberg needs a beer. Cat. What are you talking about? Yeah, go he, ahead. Only, he only drinks uh, black, by the way. Right. Um, 
By the way, Feinberg, I know you're not listening, but if you are, listen to TC. Okay. Okay. We're going to send this to him. Anyway, Please go do. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, the deal is, so then uh, Ramsey comes, Gordon Ramsey comes by. I'm like, what do you think I would scream to him? Ramsey beer. And Ramsey goes like, he's, he jumps a mile. LeBron comes around the other way with a bunch of people. What do you think I'm screaming? LeBron Long beer. Yeah. And LeBron, like, I used to work for the Cavaliers. So LeBron, like, <laughs> turns around, like, what's going on? This guy follows me everywhere. He's, like, looking around. Woo-hoo. Like, am I hearing things? So, like, he didn't recognize it. I mean, he, he just, like, yeah. was some crazy dude screaming at him. Um, Which is he, accurate. He kept walking. Yeah. So uh, a bunch of celebrities, you know, Bieber was with it by, went by me. Bieber beer. Yeah. So I did my usual shtick. Good. And, you know, so I, it was, like, celebrity after celebrity. But I didn't see Taylor. So when so you I'm call, a little disappointed. When you call out the celebrity, yes. do they ever go to the wallet and buy a beer? In your in your time, does that ever happen? In my time, I'm trying to remember. There's a lot of time here. Um, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think they get a. And there's no comps from Beer Man Bruce. I mean, they don't allow that, right? Or, or do you, do you have uh, comping privileges? I, I, I can comp once in a while. Yeah. I remember one time. Uh, at a, at Hopefully, a, your employer's not listening gig, right now. I, I, I think it was. Um, uh, it was a rock gig and Scorpions. It was Scorpions. And I knew, cause I was in the music business and they remember me from about 25 years, 20 years ago. And it was one of the managers. And, uh, I gave him, I got, I comped him a beer. My boss was great. My boss was okay. really, really great. And we comped him a beer. And then, you know, he wanted to have a beer with me. And I'm like, no, dude, I got to sell beer. I'm like, <laughs> he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm making more money now than I did before. So that's what I'm doing now. Right. Okay? Right. So, so the clientele, you, celebrity laden, you were around those guys. I was, I was a big celebrity. I'm like, I'm like, I was still selling beer, um, during the the thing, but I was like every celebrity and, but everybody from the European world, like Mm -hmm. Ireland, the guys from Hungary TV. I'm like, everybody was coming up to me because they, they posted it. They showed it that morning. So like the, I was like first celebrity. They didn't care about Kansas City. They didn't care about the cheese. They cared about beer man Bruce beer. I'm like taking a picture, like scream, picture, picture, yeah. picture. I'm like trying to sell beer. A couple of them bought beers. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it got people excited. Or yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs fans or the 49er fans were coming up to me. All the other vendors looked at me. What is this guy doing? Because there's like a lot of other um, vendors from across the United States were there because it's like the best of the best. Right. We're out there and like and like and I'm screaming like a nut job, mm-hmm. even though I'm not a nut. Oh, uh, yes, I am. Uh, nuts, by the way. Um, but the voice, I mean, it's 48 hours ago, but voice has held up very good. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot of cheese, a lot, yeah, a lot of peppers, a yeah, lot, right. lot, 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 lot of red peppers, guys, a lot of red peppers, a lot of honey, a lot of tea. All right. So from a beer selling perspective, um, Super Bowl versus a regular Raiders game on par. Are the prices jacked up? You're selling more beers. Probably will length the time is longer too because of the commercials and they're opening the gates much earlier too, right? Yeah, the so, gates were, yeah, so, um, prices weren't jacked up as much as I thought they were. Maybe. What's the beer? What's the beer? What are you selling for? It was, it was nineteen, Sunday? $19. $19. Okay, What's that? Tw- uh, 16 ounce Budweiser? What is that? 20, 24 hour, 24. uh, big Bud Light. Okay. You know, big can. Gotcha. Um, water. Was only seven dollars, so okay. the price perspective was not bad for Super Bowl at all. You know, I thought it was going to be a lot more because it was Vegas. Were you selling the Aquafina in in kind of the the, the, the can? Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't care for it at all. 
Were you, were you selling now? Though is that where you what water you were selling? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What well, I didn't care for that. I'll, I'll let them know next show. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll <laughs> yeah. tell Pepsi. For yeah, you. yeah. Okay. Water in the can. I'm hey, sorry. She doesn't like Aquafina I, I, water. I let me mark that down. Yeah, okay? yeah. Mark that yeah. Down. Tell Pepsi that. Okay. okay. Go ahead. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. We're gonna please you. Okay. Next. Next time, let me know. <laughs> yeah. Just, okay. We'll get yeah. your water fountain. Just say, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll get my complaints. I, I, no, okay. I don't hear my complaints. Okay. I'll tell customer service. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. All right. So money made. For you had to be fantastic, right? Yeah. No, come on. Don't be modest here. We tell it like it is here. Tell it like it is. I mean, you know. Tell it like it is. <laughs> Just say it was a good day to be in the office. Yeah. Without going into details. Okay. So tell a, me about your day. Tell me about the. Uh, the, the, the it was a beautiful day yeah. outside. Yeah. It was a nice, cool and crisp. People were buying beer. Um, cause of the hours, it was, it was, a, it was, um, we made more than usual. Uh, I want the nut job story. I want to hear about the nut jobs. Who are the nut jobs? Cause every Super Bowl, every event, you got some nut jobs. All right. Did you have some extraordinary nut jobs that you ran into? Uh, on, on this Super Bowl, it was not as nuttier. <laughs> As usual, I think, and here's my perspective. Here's a real fan's perspective because this is the hour that we're talking about it. I, Vegas did an outstanding job for Super Bowl because by the time we got to the Super Bowl, everybody, I think, was almost partied out. They were here for about four or five days. Right. We had major parties, up to 32 to 40 parties a day all over the place. And they were drinking. So by the time it was Super Bowl, they were ready for some freaking football. You know what I mean? They were ready to watch football. Now, the football game was not that exciting, so the fans were a little bit more laid back. At the beginning, I swear, I felt like I was at Brigham Young versus Utah. <laughs> wow. Okay. And that was wow. my perspective. Yeah. I was just like, what in, the, good. what in the world is this day going to be? Okay. Should I go to church or should I stay for the Super Bowl? Okay. That was what I was, what I was thinking in my head. And then all of a sudden... You know, and we had a steady flow of customers throughout the day, but it was very quiet, very, very quiet. And they were complaining about the Aquafina water. Really? Like, no, I just wanted to say that to you. Okay. <laughs> but, the, but the deal. There's nothing worse than having warm Aquafina water. I don't serve. Which we got. Not you. In a can. In a can. Well, you got to see me. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't see me. I mean, you could hear me throughout the stadium. In fact, you probably could hear me in California or maybe around the world. Yeah. Okay. But the deal is, um, the fans were slow, and then all of a sudden, once we're in the building, about about um, about two o'clock, it was game on. Okay, two o'clock on, and throughout the entire rest, I was in uh, section one twenty six, one twenty seven. Oh man, okay, yeah. And yeah. then it, yeah. then I went I went down. Uh, I was close to. to you, I was man. going down that section. It was just yeah. like nonstop. Good. Yeah. And then yeah, they, then again, I was going up the stairs. You're famous. You're famous. I am not, I am sort of famous. Um, but the deal is I was going up the stands like, we need a picture with you. We need a picture with you. We need a picture. I'm with working you. here. I'm working here. But again, it was very nice to be. And you're going to take that, that right, quick correct. selfie. You know, I was, I was going to, I'm, I'm not going to, yeah. 
I'm not going to tell no people no. I never have. You know, I'm never going to say no to anybody. It might cost me money in the long run, but I, I'm, I'm respectful. And, you know, you know, a lot of the kids saw me on TV. There's a lot of kids there for a Super Bowl. Mm. For this particular Super Bowl, there were a lot of families there, which I didn't expect, but a lot of, uh, and it was a, the, uh, one of the nicest ones, honestly, was, uh, fans from Kansas City where the dad brought his kid. I know this is a good, uh, feel good story. Uh, the kid, it was a, he loves Kelsey and the dad was in, he was here. He was thinking about it. It would talk to him for a minute or so. And he, they saw me on TV in the morning. I'm like, the kids are like, that's Beer Man Boose. And I'm like, who's Boose? Who is Boose? I'm like, you mean Beer Man Bruce? I'm like, you. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take it as you. He still has the Asian accent going, you know, 10 minutes later. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Okay, they were Asian, by the right. way. So put me in front of them. Okay. <laughs> Not so, so the deal is, uh, um, so we t- I took a picture and I used this and I just bought the tickets today for the, for my son. And I'm like, I'm like, just, you know, you don't don't tip. Spend the money on your kid. The kids. That's what that's what I do. Okay. I don't. It's fine. I just I like seeing stories like that. I, yeah. I, I You know, it's nice seeing a, a family or a father and son just enjoying the Super Bowl. A lot of a lot of families at the Super Bowl this year. Mm. Excellent. Beer man Bruce joins us. Worked Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Uh, his third Super Bowl. Worked a couple uh, in L.A. and then of course the big one here in Las Vegas. Uh, and I know that. Uh, it was a proud moment for you. It was fun. It was profitable for you. How about steps? Do you ever count steps? Uh, yes. You, you any step counters? I, I had a step counter. I had my I had uh, my phone for most of the Super Bowl. Um, I counted twenty four thousand wow. steps that day. Okay. Equate and that into miles. Put that in miles. Um, the Himalayas. Yeah. Okay. Don't ask walked, that, I Don't look I, at him. That's math I, for him. Ask okay. math. <laughs> I, I think I think I walked rocked around Vegas for like four times that day. Wow. It, it was a lot of walking. My legs definitely hurt. My toes hurt, and it was after working a couple events during yeah. the week, and then I had yeah. golden uh, nights the day after, yesterday. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you know my my toes hurt, my legs hurt, but whatever. It's 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 good. It doesn't doesn't matter. The feet go on. You know, I'll, I'll, my feet will be whatever. You got uh, the great feel-good story there. Give me another story real quick that uh, either caught you off guard, craziness, p- people the way they were, dre- anything. Well, g- give us what, well, what, what, of, what else was unique uh, about this Super Bowl well, the, for you? Uh, I'll give you a good uh, bad fashion, Kansas City by far. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. The, okay. A lot of bad matching. They had the little red and yellow, and but like the feathers were way off. Okay. Some of the pants selections were way, way <laughs> off. Okay. Shoes that didn't match. Um, I'm just going to say some of the ladies had crop tops that should not have been having <laughs> right, crop tops. Right. Okay. And they put their bellies in red and gold. Please, ladies. Don't do you that. You cannot unsee that. I, I cannot unsee that. That's terrible. I wanted beer after that. Okay. Okay. They were, okay, yeah. And everybody wanted free beer, and I'm like, you paid $8,000 for a I, ticket. I love the Fox 5 piece with Kevin and everybody that you did. Uh, it got a lot of play. Um, real quick, talk uh, talk about uh, the, the highlights for that, because obviously people saw it. And, uh, Everything was a highlight. Yeah. Um, thanks to Kevin. Thanks to Robbie. Thanks to Fox 5 for uh Letting it get out there, uh, for Vegas, uh, I appreciate everything. I just, you, the fans have always been great to me and I love giving back, uh, my personality and 
just it's 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 a it's a love affair between the fans. Justin knows that he's his kids. You know, it's just I've seen everybody growing up from eight years old, another twenty five buying beer, uh, and I plan on doing it till I can't walk or talk or scream, which probably will never happen. Um, <laughs> so the Fox Five piece we did it in two parts. Um, and we did it at the Edmonton Oilers games, which, uh, was great. Shout out to section 19 and 20. You guys are awesome. You know, uh, the other vendors, uh, shout out to Ramon and my, my crew, Jimmy and, and, uh, Eggy and Mitch and all those guys. Oh, you guys are awesome. You know, it's just, it's just, I wanted to, Fox, I wanted to explore a different angle like you're doing with me right yeah. now. And I appreciate all the attention you give me, TC. It's just, it was a good thing to see a different perspective yeah. and the yeah. amount of time and the amount of, um, you know, the other side yeah. of how hard people are working. And it's just not the beer guys. It's the people that are behind, right. really behind the scenes. Yeah. See, for me, it's the personality is big because, you know, when, when you go to sporting events, either when you're a kid, you're growing, you always remember. Okay. I remember, you know, Abe, uh, who is 90 years old and he's a beer vendor at Candlestick Park and this and that. You, you love those guys. But the work that you guys put in, that should never be minimized. People think of you and the personality and, you know, your voice and all that stuff. But that's what, that's why I ask you about, about the steps because people don't realize how hard you work and your other compadres as well. I mean, it's a, it's a tough job. It's a tough job. And, you know, I think if we're honest, you know, you're rewarded properly and fairly, but deservedly so as well too. But you do a great job. And I know that people love, seeing you at these games because like i said when they go to a game it's like they, hey whether it's golden knights it's the raiders unlv whatever super bowl it's like Rebel hey Bear. i got to see the bear man i got to see bear man bruce it's it's part of the experience for everybody so there's there's nothing wrong with self-promoting like you know what you do what you do fantastic nothing at all i think i think that's fantastic because uh you're a lovable guy and people love hanging out with you dude seriously no yeah, but Happy Valentine's Day. There you go. That's tomorrow, by the way, huh? I know. No, I'm, check out a reminder. But I'm not going to see you tomorrow. Yeah, I know. I love you too, man. <laughs> Beer Man Bruce in the house. Next event is? Uh, Golden Knights. Golden Knights. Carolina. Yeah. There. On Saturday. There it Be is. there. Are you always in Section 1920 or do you rotate around? I, I like staying in my comfort zone. And you get to choose that basically? I, I, don't, get to, I don't get to choose, but, you know, around there or where any place where people need a refill. Yeah. All right. Give it to me, big boy. One more time. Give it to me. Beer. That's Water. It. Nuts. <laughs> thought we had to pause there for hold a second. Hold on. No, hold on. Yeah. Do that yeah. again. Yeah. Let's go. Beer. Water. Nuts. Thank you, TC. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Beer Man Bruce in the house. I want to thank Beer Man Bruce. See him at Allegiant Stadium. See him at T-Mobile Arena or wherever. There is a sporting event, concert, entertainment. He's the guy. No question about it. Love having you on, brother. Jake Cornegay, thanks to him. We'll be at the Westgate Superbook on Friday. And Steve Berline, appreciate him, our quarterback as well. Tomorrow we're back at it as we continue on a wild Wednesday edition. Don't you dare go anywhere. If you missed any part of the show, go to the website. Check it all out. TCMartinShow.com. This interview with Beer Man Bruce and all the rest. Up on the website, a recap of Super Bowl 58 and more. She called me late last night, say she loved me so.